0: Whenever I'm praying, I need to forgive those that have spilt on me. If I, if, I, if I know while I'm praying, the Holy Spirit says, you know, you're really upset with somebody because they did this. What if they didn't know what they said or did really hurt me? Well, I need to go ahead and forgive them. This is in Mark 11, 25 and 26. And your Father who is in heaven will forgive you your transgressions. And if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. That's hard. That's a really hard saying. Because it doesn't imply that the person who hurt me, and we would like to think every time it's unwillingly, but sometimes it is on purpose, it doesn't imply that they even want forgiveness. Or that they want any kind of restoration. But the Lord says for us to do that anyway. Forgive them. I want you to forgive them. And why is that so important? Well, here's one of my tapestry notes. We're going to go on over to blessed are the pure in heart. Because it just weaves right on into there. When you forgive others, you are showing mercy to yourself and to that person. If, you let, if I let bitterness, if I let regret, if I let anger, if I let resentment stay in me, those become stones and hard places, and then I stumble over them, and then they keep me from being in right standing with the Lord. Now, he hasn't done anything to prevent that or to stop that communion. But in retaining that, I say to myself, "Well, Lord, I don't trust that you're going to do this correctly. I'm going to hold on to my anchor because I really don't trust you're going to work this circumstance out. And I put up another wall on top of the stones that have been laid before me. But forgiveness moves all that out of the way. It clears your path so that when you come to the Lord, you can say to him, Lord, I'm hurt. Lord, I'm in pain. Lord, this is what happened. But don't pick it up from there and carry it on. And that is so hard. But the Lord says that we need to do that and why is another reason because it keeps us pure inside if you're if you're uh, following your thought pattern if and some people don't have that thought pattern but I'm one that does if i follow my thought pattern i can fill my well with all kind of junk but if i follow the holy spirit my well is going to be producing good water And then that's going to pour out. And people are going to see that. And they're going to say, well, didn't such and such happen to you? Why are you not upset? Well, it's not that I'm not upset. I'm not staying upset. I've given it to God. I'm learning to walk and leave it there. And when it runs around the corner and catches up with me, I'm going to stop, pray, give it to him right there, and I'm going to walk a little further. Until one day it doesn't catch up with me because I'm that far ahead of it. So that is why the Lord wants us. He wants us to have a pure heart. Hosea 10:12 said this, and I found it to be very interesting. Sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in mercy, Break up your furrow ground. It is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Sow to yourself in right standing. Okay, so the Lord has, Jesus said at one time when he was talking to disciples, You have heard it says, Yet thou shalt not murder, but yet you hold alt in your heart against others. So you see, you need to break, break that ground up, break that ground up with a word. And furrow ground is a ground that, from what I understand, has been plowed out and left because they're letting the nutrients come back into the soil and they're going to go. And they're going to plant and reap crops somewhere else. Now think about that. Wow. I'm going to have bitterness or anger and God's going to have to temporarily go sow something else somewhere else that should have been sowed in my field because I'm just not ready for it. Now when I get ready for it, he's going to come back and sow that back into me. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you totally lose that blessing, but sometimes I've delayed things because God had to set me straight <laughs> before he could move me forward. That's all I'm really saying about that little verse. I just found that interesting. Sow to yourself righteousness. Reap in mercy. Reap what? Reap to yourself. Uh, you know, forgiveness, is a, it, 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 it frees you. Now, when dealing with the world... We have to remember that when dealing with hurting people. We all know hurting people hurt people. And when we show mercy, we're just acknowledging the fact that we know that. I'm gonna extend because you know what, God knew I was hurting. He extended that mercy to me. Blessed are the peacemakers. Well, you definitely have to show mercy to be a peacemaker. And there's never a time in history, when the, in ministry or out in this world, where peacemakers are more needed than it is today. And when misunderstandings and pressure dis- disrupt the unity of the body of Jesus, when, when outside influences disrupt us, what do we do? In Matthew five forty three, and I find it so interesting how so much of this fell right back into Matthew 5, where we've been the whole time. Matthew five forty three: you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the children of your father. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And if you love those who love you, then what reward is it? You're just like everybody else. Don't even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. In Exodus 36, Moses put out an offering. Put out a... a, Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can't think of what you call it. Huh? No. You sacrifices one day. Thank you. Words slip right out of my mind. Put out an altar. because, And he had in his hands the tablets that he had to hew himself because he broke the first ones. And the Lord passed before him to write on those tablets. And this is what the Lord says about himself. The Lord passed in front of Moses and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for a thousand generations, who forgives iniquity, transgressions, and sins. This is what the Lord says about himself. But if I go back to Matthew, it says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And it's not that we're not going to to hurt, but we... Forgive when we're hurt, and hopefully, when we are hurt, we are going to be forgiven also. When we show mercy, we're going to get it. Peacemakers go out of their way, and sometimes we'll put their self-interest aside for the sake of peace. That's, that's kind of, for people you know, like me, that's kind of hard people like, Mark, that's just how he lives his life. I mean, seriously, he just puts himself aside for whatever brings peace. That's fine, you know? So what happens when I hurt somebody else in the body of Christ? In Matthew 5.23, therefore, if you offer your gift on the altar and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, which means I'm the person who did what was wrong, leave your gifts in front of the altar, go and be reconciled to them, and then come and offer your gifts. Now, I find it interesting that the word is gifts here and not when you're praying. When you're praying and remember someone's hurt you, but this is when you, you, therefore, are offering your gifts. And you remember someone has something against you, go and reconcile yourself to the best of your ability. As the Bible says, do all that you can to live in peace with one another. Why is that? Well, if I hurt someone, and I know I have, I've hurt my own reputation, I can go to that person and try to make it right. Whether it comes back to reconciliation or not, they at least have to say, well, they tried to make it right. They came and said, you know. That gives God the foundation that he can start rebuilding. And it gives him the ability to um, restore, if possible, those relationships. So, this forgiveness is a two-sided sided thing. If someone hurts you, forgive them. But if you can remember that, oh, I hurt someone else. I had a circumstance in my life once where I actually had to call somebody possibly 20 years later. Because for 20 years, the Lord hadn't left me alone about something I had done as a sinner. And I had to call them and apologize to them, believe it or not, 20 years later. And they said, that's okay. You know what? We were all crazy and foolish at the time, and I forgive you. And I was, like, shocked. Uh, another story I have on this, me and my sister-in-law, all of us went to a, a meeting. We were invited to a friend's house for the pool party, and her kids came. And I don't know Why? I just spilled out on everybody that day, and I spilled out on her, and, and, it, and it caused a big riot because I was definitely wrong with my bad attitude. So uh, Sunday, we're, we're on the same worship team at this other church together, I walk in the door, and I see her, and she sees me, and she starts down the aisle, and she starts crying, and I start down the aisle, and I start crying, and we meet in the middle of the and it's really happened. This is not a hallmark story. We met in the aisle, and we're crying. I was so oh, sorry, Stephanie. I didn't mean to do that. She said, it's okay, honey. I love you and forgive you. And that was, that was a pivotal moment for me. That was when I really understood this scripture. It's not going to always be that way, but it was just a perfect example in my mind of, of uh, receiving mercy. And, you know, walking in with the at least ability to say, I'll try to make peace in this circumstance instead of holding to my own and trying to justify myself, which I can be very good at, at doing. <laughs> so, the Lord gave this last commandment in John 13:34. He says, "A new command I give to you: Love one another, as I have loved you. I want you to love one another." And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In Ephesians, Paul's writing to the Ephesians says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, enduring and keeping the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope for your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is above all, through all, in all. But unto everyone is given grace according to the measure of the gifts that are in Christ. We all represent Christ. When the Bible says, by your love they will know. So, it's important that we show that love and we pass that on. If, if for no other reason, and I've had to do this at times, for no other reason I've had to say to myself, okay, I'll do it for God. I'll do it for God. I, I, don't, I don't feel it. I don't even want it. I'm not ready for it. I don't do it for you. And I may have to do it with my teeth gritted, but I'm going to do it. And then after a while... It gets to where I really start wanting it. And the Holy Spirit really starts cleaning me out. And it becomes a wonder. Blessed are the peacemakers. These are all characteristics of being a peacemaker. But remember, it's woven together like a beautiful tapestry. I want to read this last scripture. I'm to leave you with this. Matthew five thirteen. You are the salt of the earth. And if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salt again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of this world. You are a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. But instead, they put it on a stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that you, they may see you Your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And that's the ultimate goal God is trying to do, is create Christ's nature in us. The last scriptures in the Beatitudes, and there, talk about blessed are those who are persecuted. When you're persecuted, you will never get to those scriptures and the ability to do that. Have you not allowed God to do the first? Until you have a peacemaker's mentality. Until he's worked that in you. The last part of those verses are not something that's going to be easy. and well Maybe easy is not even the word. That are not going to be something you can do. You have to have the Holy Spirit to help you. But you have to have that maturity as he works in you. To get to those last places. I've always said, I know he didn't send me over to be a missionary. Because the sacrifices they might have to make in times like these. don't know that I could make them. I'm glad I wasn't raised in the error of, of Jesus when he walked on the earth. I don't know if I could have been like the disciples. I don't know if I could have gone against every single thing I had ever been taught and seen it firsthand right up close without the revelations of what came afterwards. We are all born for a certain time. And I'm grateful I'm born for this time. that I can see the before in the Old Testament, the what was going on there and then what was going on afterwards so i have a fully rounded vision of what that was so i'm going to leave you with those and remember if you stumble if you find yourself hungry you go back and repractice those things above you all right i thank you so very much for listening to us it's a short message tonight but
1: Yeah, we were going to take some time and pray anyways. And we're going to play a song here in a minute, not yet. But thank you. That was, was good teaching. You know, I was looking up uh, peacemaker, and there's a lot of words in there that that is. Arbor, arbitrator, and there's all kind of different words. You know, the person trying to make peace and all that. Go look up the definition of peacemaker. And, and but, but as you were you were teaching that, there was one of the – I was listening to a song earlier today. And I think it would be the fitting song to to play while we do a few minutes of prayer at least. But thank you for, for standing up here and, and preparing to, to teach us that. Um, because it is. Like you can't get to the bottom without starting at the top. you got to work your way down. And it all starts with Jesus. It all starts with Jesus. But I, I want to read some lyrics to a song, and, and we're going to play it here. But it's uh, Jason Upton. It's One Reason. It's an old album called Faith. It's an old album. Uh, I don't even know when that album was was made. Now let's see. 01, Okay. So Nineteen years ago. Listen to this. I said I just I was up here earlier today praying and trying to get my mind focused. I just pressed play and I didn't even realize the iTunes was on loop with one song. And it just played and I'm playing on my phone, you know, for a little bit, cleaning up things, you know how But listen to what it says. It says I've lived my life for a while, asking for signs to believe in. But God played the defense in my trial. Quietly hanging there, bleeding, while I cast lots for his robe. While I pointed my bloody finger, he pays all the debts that I owe. He says, Father, forgive them. I used to ask for a sign to believe in, but he never gave me a reason, never doubt him. But look at the the just verse two. I love the, the second verse of this. I see the faith of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They never saw what was promised but they never once felt forsaken.